Like a grand and miraculous spaceship, our planet has sailed through the universe of time. And for a brief moment, we have been among its passengers. You think me beautiful? Very beautiful within, Your Highness, but without a key to unlock it. And that is my gift to you. Now sit back and relax. Close your eyes and come with me on an adventure in three-dimensional sound. Remember how easy it was to learn your ABCs? Thank the Phoenicians. They invented them. While your group is together, now is a great time to pick a place to meet if you become separated in the park. And welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 195 for the week of November 7th, 2010. I'll open up the inbox again this week and answer more of your questions on topics including taking an infant to Walt Disney World, caricature artists in the parks, finding old props from Horizons, World of Motion, and other extinct attractions, a trivia question about the very first guest to enter the Magic Kingdom, best places to stay at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort, how to show your appreciation for cast members, and more. I'll announce the details for the next WDW Radio Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World, some other upcoming Disney meets, a few other announcements, and of course, your voicemails at the end of the show, So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. So I've always wanted to make this show not just me talking to you about Walt Disney World, but us sort of having a conversation together. And I wanted you to be a part of this conversation as much as possible, whether you came to one of the meets of the month in Walt Disney World, called in a voicemail to the voicemail line, or sent in your emails with questions about everything from vacation planning to history and Walt Disney World trivia, whatever it might be. I want you to be a part of this show because this show is about you and for you. So today, we're going to open up the inbox once again, tackle some of your email questions. And again, I have brought along some help from a good friend. You know her as Becky Mankin, the owner of MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I have no witty introduction for you today, so I'll just say welcome back. Hey, Lou. Seems like forever since um, I've been back on. What's up? You're waiting. You're waiting. You're waiting for the. You're my so and so to my so and so. Yeah, I must have to start coming up with some of those now. You know. You're my cousin Orville to my Isn't rover. That popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on that for the next segment. For I'll, please I'll, do I'll, the other way. Yeah. Okay. But listen, I, but I, the reason why I did it because I want to get right into it because again, I want people to still keep sending in their questions. We're trying to get to them as timely and as quickly as possible. But we we'll also want to give them the most complete and accurate answer. So let's get right into it. We have a good, long question. It's from Annie. She's AKA Red 2. Wondering if that's a cool Star Wars reference on Twitter. And he says, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about my upcoming Disney vacation. We'll be taking our son, his first trip this summer. Isaac is just going to be shy of seven months during our vacation. Quick aside, love the fact that you're taking slash brainwashing him early. While my husband and I are seasoned Disney veterans, This is our first trip in June and our first trip with a little one. We vacationed to the world with kids before, but never this young. So my husband managed to talk me into this trip because we'll be going with his aunt, her granddaughter, who's 11, both first timers, and they love taking first timers, they said, the aunt's friend, the aunt's friend's daughter's butcher's sister, who's 14, 
<laughs> the aunt and the aunt's friend have volunteered to watch Isaac while they're riding Space Mountain. That's Perfect. awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here are my questions or her questions. We're going to be staying at Port Orleans Riverside. And while I love this resort, I'm a little apprehensive about getting back to the resort from the parks. They're going to be using Disney transportation if the kiddo needs out of the heat or starts to have a meltdown. We've tossed out the idea of renting a car, but I'd rather just take my chances with Disney transportation rather than navigating the world with a screaming baby in the car. So my questions, and there's multiple, are these. Excuse me. First, do the taxis around the world provide car seats? Let's hit them one by one. As far as I know, I don't believe the taxis that you'll get at the resorts have car seats. I agree. Not that I've been able to find. Um, They do not provide them. So she then goes on to say, well, if not, can you take a baby in a taxi without a car seat? I realize this isn't the safest option, but if we need to get back to the room quickly, what other options do I have? Now, I am in no way, shape or form giving any advice that is meant to be construed (laughs) as legal advice or certainly parenting advice. I don't know what the laws are in Florida about having babies in car seats. Certainly that you're right. That is the safest and recommended option. I don't know if a cab driver will let you take your baby on the lap or if it's even allowed. And I don't have an answer to that either. And obviously every state has its own laws and its own rules. And I'm not exactly sure about that one for, for taxi cabs, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the interesting thing is that your options are limited because if you fly and you bring a car seat, well, yeah, you can take a cab to the Magic Kingdom, but then what do you do with the car seat? And the taxi right. driver's like, well, I'll just wait here. Don't When you're done, come on out. I'll be here. Um, she then goes Sam, on to say, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's starting to look like that, that car with the screaming kid may not be a bad idea in relation to the safety, but moving on. Yeah, and you know, as somebody who has gone with kids as young as six months i always rented a car and is it the least expensive option no for me was it the best option yeah because i was able to come and go look i would rather have a screaming baby in my car where i have bottles formula diapers air conditioning whatever it might be and his car seat that he or she is comfortable in than waiting outside at a bus station for a bus a cab that's going to make multiple stops or not be there on time. Right. Also be able to drive to the Goodings or the Walgreens or whatever it is if I need something else. That freedom and flexibility was a big reason why I always rented a car. Uh, she asks about Magical Express. Do they require a car seat? Again, same thing. Um, I, I, I know I've taken my kids on my lap, um, you know, even... Just, you know, before they recently got out of car seats, we didn't bring it with us. Like we went on a cruise or if we took Magical Express from the airport, they weren't infants at that time. They weren't, you know, six, seven, eight months, whatever it is. So, again, I don't know what I would do is I I would call Disney and find out. Well, actually, with Magical Express, there is a hard and fast rule. Car seats aren't allowed on the motor coaches for Magical Express. They have to be stowed under the passenger area and children have to be lap babies. So that that is definitely a policy. Okay. That's in place. There you go. That well, that and that very well might be, you know, the the answer to some of the other questions. Then as well, is that yeah. uh, it's obviously allowed for you to carry the baby on the lap. So that's true. Uh, she goes on to say, "We're planning on take on utilizing extra magic hours, taking in slow afternoon breaks back at the resort. Smart move. The baby care centers. We scoped these out on our trip when I was seven months pregnant. Great idea. Love the baby yeah. care centers. Taking in the shows, especially those that are air conditioned, etc." Are there any other specific trip tips or tricks for taking an infant? I'd love to hear a show segment on taking the under two crowd to Disney. There seems to be a great information on the two to five age, but not all that much for the younger ones. I'd even be happy to be a part of the show. Both my husband and I love the show. Thanks for all the great work. Again, that's Annie Red 2 standing by on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I'm actually planning on doing a couple of different shows about taking children of different ages because it, there's a very different experience taking the six-month-old as opposed to taking the two- to three-year-old when you're right. going from you know the baby-borns into the strollers and things like that. Um, as far as other tips or tricks for taking an infant, again, this really is a, a whole other segment. You are definitely doing the right things. The first thing I would do was the baby care centers are your best friends, uh, and you have to understand you are going to vacation very, very, very differently 
uh, whether it's going to not being able to go to certain attractions or certain shows because sometimes a seven month, you know, hey, I feel like crying. I've got a poopy diaper. I'm gonna right. You have to be you know, cognizant of the other guests. And that's my biggest thing is as much as this is your vacation, make sure that you're respectful of the other guests around you. So if you do have a baby that's just not feeling it, just not digging it, your best bet is to go back to the resort where you can be in your own room and sort of have the comfort and amenities, the bed and the sleep and the air conditioning and all that kind of stuff like that. Don't try and push yourself or your husband or your child, um, especially at that age. It's, it's, it's such a different type of experience. Um, it's obviously not for them. It's almost more for you that I'm taking my child for the first time. Um, I was, look, Becky, I was lucky. My kids were very, very good. When they were tired, they just fell asleep in the strollers and we just. Oh, you went, lucked out. <laughs> oh, we totally lucked. We but, just sort of hitched them to a hitching post in the stroller. We rode rides and came back and they were fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're going to get letters on that. But I, I it, swear. it sounds like, it really sounds like Andy's doing the right things. I mean, she's already kind of scoped it out. She realizes that the baby care centers are there. Um, they've got that level of expectation that um, they're going to need to take it slow, that it's going to be different. I, I think that she's probably already halfway through the game right there. Yeah, and when you do go, I'd love to hear how it went for you. I'd love to hear about your experiences, and, and certainly we could talk more about doing a segment. I'm a man of my word, so Great idea. let's move on. Emily, who's mine, 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 I love it, on the forum, says, Hey, Lou, I was wondering where in Disney World there are caricature stations. My brother wants to propose to his girlfriend by having the artist draw him as Peter Pan and his girlfriend as Tinkerbell with Will You Marry Me on the picture. Let's have a collective awe. Aww. They'll be going this year, and I'm trying to help him plan as much as possible since he'll be pretty nervous. Thanks, Lou. Your show provides a fabulous break for my law cl- Another lawyer uh, for my law classes, and it provides great fuel for my Disney World obsession. You have a group. You have a clan. You have you like a clan be, of lawyers. like a Facebook page for lawyers who <laughs> lawyers love Disney. For Disney. Lawyers <laughs> in love. The attraction by lawyers in love with Disney. Nice. So, yeah, there are a number of character stations throughout the parks um, and in downtown Disney, I believe, as well. I know the Magic Kingdom, there's a character caricature artist. There's also a silhouette artist right by uh, Sleepy them. Hollow in Liberty Square, right outside the front of Yield Christmas Shop. In Epcot, there's one in World Showcase. I think he's near France, uh, right by the Parasol right. sales. Hollywood Studios, there's one by the right outside the Brown Derby near the uh, the topiaries, the, the Fantasia Garden topiaries. And I know that there are also some in downtown Disney. I also think there's one at the Boardwalk. I think that, yes, uh, there I is. Think there's one at the Boardwalk as well. There's definitely one at the Boardwalk. Here's my question for you. I've never seen them actually draw people as characters. I think there might be a trademark issue there, don't you think? I, I think they could probably draw a a simulated big guy a big head in a little green costume maybe um, yeah while not making it specifically peter pan right i guess i just wanted to make sure to set that that wonderful appropriate level of expectation so they have a a good idea of what they want so just tell tough. them you want the lou Mangello pajamas and it'll look just like peter pan <laughs> so you'll be all set that's what i was trying to get you to say i just didn't you know didn't know how to get it out of you so mission accomplished let me just say underoos are underwear that's fun to wear and i move on <laughs> Jeff. Did you have those like, colored, matchy, taggy things, I wasn't too? a granimal guy, but, man, I loved my underoos. Oh, I was just a superhero, man, running around. Forget it. I learned something new every yeah. day. All right. We know what we see why I didn't work out with old guys. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jeff says, I've noticed some items in the Backlot Tour queue that look very familiar. Are some of these prop remnants of the world of motion ride? You are a very observant man, Jeff. Are there any places on property where I can find other props from old rides? I've seen some things in the table service restaurant by Star Tours that are from Horizons. Also, I'd love to know if any part of the old Radox screens from the Universe of Energy are still in existence, or if you've heard any progress on the Spaceship Earth Descent Works. Thanks. Love the show. Jeff. All right. First thing first, places on property where you can find props from old rides. Love the fact that you're taking the time to look out for these things. Uh, You're right about Backlot Express over by Star Tours in between Indiana Jones. There are some great props and uh, reproductions of props and and things like that uh, in the rafters and all throughout that restaurant. You should take some time and explore there. It's not a a ride per se, but rest in peace Adventurers Club. If you want to see some Adventurers Club props, go down to D Street in downtown Disney and there's all kinds of Adventurers Club props up in the rafters. Ooh. Um, 
obviously, you know, there's there's the Boneyard and Backlot Express that you mentioned. Um, you know, Becky, I can't think specifically, other than there are some areas that are used for special events or for, uh, like, dining venues, sort of like the prop shop in right. Disney's Hollywood Studios, which is obviously chock full of, of great, great props from the Living Seas and World of Motion, parades and shows. If you can ever go to an event in there, it's a great, great venue. There's an idea. You're just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Another special event coming down the pike, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Here we um, go. Let me add it to the list. But if anybody else knows of other places specifically that I can't think of in my sleep-deprived state that you can find other props from old attractions, uh, be sure to comment on this week's show notes to let us know. I will tell you that there are a number of props still in existence in backstage areas that guests cannot see that I've either seen personally or have seen pictures of. I will tell you, Becky, and this tugs at my heartstrings, the horizon sign from outside the pavilion is still intact in perfect working order backstage somewhere. Is it really? It is. is. And does that make, I I bet that brings a tear to your eye. You you see that? Got to go with tissues, It does because I can't sneak it home. Not that I know what I would do with it (laughs) if I put it on my front lawn, but it's It's not exactly something that you can just like put in your backpack, is it? (laughs) No, 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 no. So here's a question for you. If you can have one prop from... Hey, I see you, you love when I throw these. If you could have one prop from an extinct attraction, what would it be? Seriously? Seriously. You're going to throw that at me? You know what? Well, for World, believe oh, it or not. I've never even been to Disney World. What am I talking oh. about? <laughs> no, I would love to have it from World because it's still at land, but I would love to have one of the cars from Mr. Toad. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to steal, find a way to steal Don Morin, the. the Head of the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet, he has one. He has uh, a Mr. Toad's Wild Ride car that he's been yes. cleaning and refurbishing, and I'm I'm envious. I am envious. It's, I've I've heard tale that it exists. I haven't seen it myself, but um, but when I do, it might disappear. So Don, if you're listening, just turn your head and I you totally forgot everything that I just said. Yeah, I mean the, the closest <laughs> thing I have, like I have a porthole from a twenty thousand leagues into the sea sub. What I'm going to do with this, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but you have it. That's the important but part. But I have it. I have a piece of Walt yeah. Disney World history, um, which, you know, you know getting about, something from an attraction is, is... How about from Disneyland, a Rocket Rods car? Weren't they in existence for like six days? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, I have no idea where they ended up or what happened to those. I haven't seen them since, but, no. you know. I, I, I mean, look, well. I'd love a Horizons ride vehicle. <clears throat> I'd love... A prop from Mr. Toad, um, not necessarily even a ride car, something I could actually put in my house somewhere because I don't know what I would do with a ride vehicle. Um, you know what I wouldn't want? One of those chairs from the extraterrestrial thing. <laughs> I mean, just to this day, I rode that thing twice, and to this day, it still just gives me the. As, as dark and twisty as I am, I'm just not into that. That's yeah. scared the bejesus out of me. I think something from Horizons would probably. Tra- Horizons, because I have something from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, something from Horizons would be pretty cool. Or give me a Skyway bucket, and I'll put it outside like a picnic table. There you go. Are are you trying to, like, seed people with your Christmas list? Is that what you're doing right now? I am, and thank goodness my wife doesn't listen. She'd be like, a picnic table out of a Skyway bucket? What are you, kidding me? (laughs) I can't wait to see your house when you're, like, you know, 70. Yeah. With all this stuff. When I get my stuff out of storage, man, I'm going to have to get a whole other room a wing the west wing just for the the disney collectible so nice. but yes if if anybody's listening and wants to send presents i love extinct attraction props and stuff anyway let's move on we've got a, a question from alan i'm not ted nugent who says lou not sure if disney was keeping track of this or not but who was the first guest to enter walt disney world turnstiles and did they get a prize like a season pass Google alan is your friend Google is not your friend. Look, I'm your friend, Becky. <laughs> you don't need Google. Lou Mangiello is my friend. No, you know what's your friend? Your what? signed copy of the Walt Disney World trivia books available at WDR. Anyway, they did keep... Oh, Sorry. <laughs> William Windsor Jr. and his family were the very first guests, officially, to enter the Magic Kingdom. They actually slept in their car the night before. Uh, I think that they got some sort of a pass. They got like a key to the kingdom and, and that whole thing, like a free 
churro, whatever it was. Uh, I don't think they got like lifetime passes or anything like that. But I'd love to find William Windsor if he oh, or his family yeah. is still around and talk to that guy and what see what that great, must have been like for him. What a great conversation that would be. You know, what what did you expect when you get here? You know, to, just to kind of pick his brain. That would be yeah. incredible. Where'd you go first? What do you do first? Yeah. So, and how do you how do you top that for your kids? I don't know, doubt. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of a hard one, isn't it? You set the bar pretty high there. Yeah, Mr. exactly. Winter. All right, Jason Riddle moves on and says, "Hey, Lou, uh, I was reminiscing about my own father, and I'm sorry for your loss and our trips to Walt Disney World. One of his favorite places back in the day was Ariel's at the Beach Club Resort. I was trying to do some research on the place. Not a lot of it's available." And I noticed on Disney wedding site that the location will no longer be available after September 2010. Any idea what they're doing with this space? Also, a segment on extinct restaurants of Walt Disney World would be great for the podcast, especially for us, quote, old timers. Soundstage restaurant. There you go. Thanks, Lou. Adventureland Veranda. Kikoman Teriyaki Burgers. Thanks. Anyway, love the site (laughs) and the show. Jason Riddle. So what I've heard about this, and I hope that this is true, uh, is that this Ariel's is going to become, and just so you know, if you're looking at the beach club from Stormalong Bay, as you're lounging out there on the Lazy River, right where Martha's Vineyard is inside, which is the the lounge and the bar, Ariel's is off to the side. And it's a, Becky, relatively large venue where Mm -hmm. they had special events and weddings and receptions and things like that. Yeah, still do. They it's now used for group meetings and functions. So, uh, you know, any of our our event dinners can be done there. Lots of weddings there because it's beautifully themed. It's a it's a really nice sized but not overly big uh, venue that's close to a kitchen. So it's really good for those dinners and so forth. Close to a kitchen. It's close to beaches and cream. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. And there's there's the situation. Is that we've been hearing rumors for a few years now that it was going to be shut down and, and be repurposed. And it seems like while the site says it won't be available after September 2010, that date keeps moving. So I would say probably somewhere in two th- early 2009, we saw that it was going to be discontinued in August of 2009. And then so that date's kept moving. It's possible that they've finally decided what they're going to do with it. It's possible that that date will move and it'll still be available. Um, I wouldn't count on it being available, but it still might. The rumor is, and there's been several of them, please, again, total rumor, total rumor. Becky is Mankin they, said she uh, yeah. up and down that total it's going to be become. rumor. Um, one of them, anyway, there's several flying, but one of them is that they're going to expand Beaches and Cream into that, into that space. That's been something that has been flying for years. It hasn't happened yet. That's one thing I keep hearing. What else have you heard? So I've heard that, and I think a lot of people who walk up to Beaches and Cream and they say, oh, there's an hour and 20-minute wait to get your No Way Jose. Would love to see that happen. I've also heard that it could be a 24-hour grab-and-go, which I got to tell you, as a late-night snacker and somebody that sometimes likes to come from Epcot and have a little snack or whatever, I would love that. And I think that area needs that because you've got all those resorts there, Boardwalk, Yacht Club, Beach Club, great place to get sort of a late night bite or you've got all the DVC resorts there. You may be hungry in the middle of the night, want to cook something up. A 24-hour grab-and-go would be awesome. Give half the beaches and cream and half the 24-hour grab-and-go and and everybody's happy. Well, you seem to have that set up, though, in the – well, it's not 24-hour, but uh, in the beach club where the um, – you know, with the snack areas. Right. Thank you, marketplace. Um, but that closes, it, I think, at like 10 o'clock. Somewhere 11, the, 10 or 11, 11 yeah. right. So something open late would be nice. But, uh, you know, for the amount of time that we have to wait for Beaches and Cream, especially when there's like 22 of us, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a great use for it. But again, these, these are all things that have been going around for a couple of years now. So what they finally settle on is going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I'd also heard that they may expand Beaches and Cream to the left into the arcade area, sort of right. shrink that arcade area down a little bit. Uh, that is certainly, a pretty large arca- arcade. Yeah, certainly Beaches and Cream could, could use the extra space. So We'll see. Yeah. From Schenectady, New York, Daniel and Karen write in Wait and a minute. say... How can you say that and not say Snoqualmie? Please. Snoqualmie is like a whole other language. Anyway, it actually is another language. Anyway, hey, Lou, I have a question for you or maybe even for Becky. My wife and I are planning a trip to Walt Disney World during the summer of 2010. We're considering staying at the Coronado Springs Resort. We know that there are often conventions at this resort. Wanted to know if you knew 
what if any conventions were there at this time? Mainly to avoid any truly annoying groups like, <laughs> like the Stitches Great Escape fan club or something like that. Awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> awesome. Uh, do you have a suggestion of where to stay there? The casitas, the ranchos, or the cabanas? Thank you for your help. Daniel and Karen from nice. Schenectady, New York. You can say that, but you can't say Snoqualmie. Okay, anyway. Snoqualmie. Anyway, um, first things first. We've talked about this in the past, but I think yeah. the fact that they call Coronado the convention resort makes people fearful that running through the hallways are the Stitch's Great Escape fan clubs just decked out in blue and, and talking like Stitch 24 hours a day. It's not real. I mean, the, the convention area very much is separated from the rest of the hotel. So unless they're going into the pepper market for lunch or dinner or Rick's at, at late at night, you really don't get a sense of, of the conventioners there a lot. They're not in their suits hanging out by the dig site pool. No, pretty much the, the key. The, Coronado Springs is a very popular venue for these conventions because it is a, a it's a great location. But the thing people forget is that Coronado Springs is huge. Yeah, it's a very large resort and made up of those three areas that he was talking about: the casitas and the ranchos and the cabanas. And if you make a request, if you don't want to have you know be engulfed around everything that's going on in the convention, you can ask for one of the elder locations. Um, the casitas, I do believe, are the nearest to the convention center. Right. So if you stay away from those, you'll stay with the, from the conventions. And there's always going to be some sort of convention going on there, hopefully. I mean, if everything's going right in the tourism industry, that is what should be going on. But you do have, through the summer, um, there's no place to go look at a list, unfortunately. But if you do a little bit of research, you can find out things like Dance America is coming in. There's a martial arts thing coming in. Um, there's even a Tupperware Jubilee that's coming in, but it's constantly revolving and every week there's going to be convention there. So again, if you're looking for to stay away from that, you stay out of the main buildings. If you're not going to hang out there for lunch or dinner, um, get one of those, uh, or put in a request to be out at the cabanas or out at the ranchos and closer, closer to the dig site, to the pool. And that'll kind of keep you out of that whole convention um, you know, mind frame. Yeah, and you know, and each of the different areas has its own pros and cons. I actually like right. the casitas specifically because you're close to El Centro, so you're right. close to the Pepper Market, you're close to Rick's, you're close to. That being said, you're also farthest from the pool area. You're farthest right. from the dig site. Now, each has their own little pool in their specific areas, but the big pool, the 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 dig site pool, is actually closest to the ranchos. However, and that's right. also farthest from the lobby and the restaurants. Uh, and I, I know that a lot of clients tend to go to the cabanas because it has that tropical feel to it, but it's kind of close to the the bus stop area. It's closer to the dig site, and yet it still has good access to the main building without being on the side of the convention. So, you know, that's a way to go if you kind of want the best of both worlds. Yeah, and I think the, the casitas have really nice courtyards, and they have fan, uh, fountains around there. I, again, we've talked about this in the past. You almost can get a different experience depending on how you want a vacation when you go there. So if you want right. to sort of be a little more secluded, a little more away from the hustle and the bustle and want to have access to the pool, the ranchos are, are very nice. And there's only about 624 or so rooms there. There's two and three-story villas, very, very well-themed, sort of have a, a, a rustic feel to it. Uh, I think the cabanas may offer you the best of both worlds. Those are two-story kind of bungalows. Those are very small, only about 320 or so rooms there. But if you want to be close to the action, if you want to be within walking distance of the main hall and things like that, the Casitas uh, is a great option there. Right. Building number four, actually a really good option as well. The bus stop is there, the pool is there, and you're like a minute away from El Centro. Right, and if you're trying to get to the cabanas, again, as we're talking about best of both worlds, I think it's 9B that's closest to the main building. Yeah. I like Coral Springs. We have to do a segment on Coral Springs because uh, I think it, it, you know, it has a honestly, bad rap about, about being the convention hotel. And one does. of my and favorite little secret hideaway spots is right there, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. I was going to say, just between you and me. Come on. No one else is listening, right? I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to tell you, I, I'm one of those people that, that at first, I mean, the first time I stayed there, it was overrun with with a huge convention. I didn't have this information wasn't armed with this information it was before i was actually in this in this you know whole wonderful uh 
<laughs> immersed in the detail. There we go. And I, I did have kind of a, this is all about conventions, taste in my mouth, but through the years and, and being there and visiting and realizing the different locations and the, like you said, the, each of the, the three villages per se, um, offer a different flavor of your, your vacation experience. So yeah, I think a segment on this when doing some research. That, that word keeps coming up. Research. Well, good, because <laughs> be I can, I'll idea. tell you then. So when we go for research and I book my vacation through MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, I feel so dirty saying that. But <laughs> what what you can do is that in the casitas, and tell me if, if this has changed or if I'm wrong, there are suites. There are mini suites in there yes. as well, which yes. is which you can't get in a lot of the other resorts at this level. Very correct. And that's the kind of cool thing about the um, the moderate resorts or about Coronado Springs in terms of the moderate resorts is that you do have access to these um, one bedroom um, like a little junior suite and they also have a little uh, a business club level as well that you do not have at the other uh, moderate resorts so there really are some um, uh, some unique rooms that are available for a moderate there's also a one bedroom suite and executive suite over in the casitas as well so Lots of, uh, maybe we need to go do a tour. Make it happen. Tour? I, I will. Want, I want to stay there. Book it. <laughs> book it, Royal Dano. Yeah. Uh, what What did you just call me? <laughs> well, I was going to say, Royal? book it, Dano, and then I threw in the Royal Dano, and for those Disney Royal historians, you, you, don't tell me you don't know who Royal Dano is. <laughs> is this going to be one of those where I get a whole bunch of messages again because I didn't, wait a minute, Google. I, Hold on. <laughs> Royal Dano, just... You can Google it when we're done. Let's move on because Terry Mann, my friend Terry Mann, has a great question. Um, He said, Lou, I was greatly moved by your interview with Art the Greeter. My family has some very nice memories of chatting with Art over the years. As you recall, Art the Greeter was the gentleman who greeted you as you came into the beach club. He was a fixture at Walt Disney World Retired in 2009. The video prompted me to suggest a show segment about how to properly thank cast members who go out of their way to make a vacation extra special. We all agree that the number one reason why Disney parks are so special is because of their cast members. I wholeheartedly agree. So it's certainly not unusual to bump into a cast member who is truly spectacular. Still, virtually every trip I take, there's at least one cast member who does something so extraordinary that I really want to go out of my way to thank them and make sure Disney knows about them so they can be recognized. So for instance, he tells a story. A cast member at Disneyland who, when he found out that we had traveled all the way from Tennessee, showed us just where to stand and make sure that nobody blocked our view of the electric light parade. Or the cast member from the bike shack at Fort Wilderness who, upon seeing how hopeless I was at teaching my son how to bait a hook and fish, took an hour of her time to teach both me and my son or the cast member at the Casey Jr. train in Disneyland who, upon seeing that my son considered himself too grown up to act like a monkey, promptly did the best monkey impression I've ever seen until my son finally laughed and mimicked her along with everyone around. (laughs) Each time someone goes that far out of their way, I feel all I can do is thank them profusely, make a mental note of their name, and then go to guest services and report how superlative they were. Sometimes, but not always, guest services asks me to fill out a form. I often wondered whether those thanks actually get passed on to the cast member. So I guess what I'm asking is, what do the cast members suggest that we do? What can we as guests do to make sure that these extra special cast members get the special recognition that they deserve? After they've made our day, what can we do as guests to make their day? And that comes from Terry Man. Terry, that is an awesome, awesome email. Great sentiments. And thank you for sharing some of those stories because, Becky, I know we've all experienced that. And he's 100% right. Walt Disney World is not about rides or restaurants or shows. It's about the people. Oh, absolutely. And these people make so much magic with the, the tiniest little things can make the day of a guest. And, you know, so often we tend to um, speak up and say things when things don't go the way we want it to go or it's not exactly meeting our expectations. But it's such a wonderful thing when you can go out of your way to tell somebody when something goes right. And I love, love, love this question. And I've actually asked 
um, a lot of cast members about this because there does seem to be three or four ways you can go around and uh, to go about giving kudos to, to cast members. And there seems to be a couple that seem to be a little bit more um, effective than other ways. Yeah. Let's see if our notes match up. Right. And certainly what you should do no matter what is if you can go to that person's lead or go to that person's manager right when it happens and tell them. Now, here's a quick story. I was on the Jungle Cruise and we all know that your skipper is going to make or break your experience. The narration is for all intents and purposes the same. But a a year or so ago, I was on and this cast member, it was at the end of the night, this guy was out there all day and I'm telling you, Becky, it was like his first show he was putting on for Bob Iger and he was just (laughs) awesome. I was then on the great movie ride about six months ago, and I will tell you that the cast member there was an actor. He was acting, and he was, even when you weren't supposed to be looking at him, he was reacting and responding and so playing up into the role as if it was, again, his first time and he was doing it on camera. And so I got off and I waited until everybody else had left, and I said, you know, cast member came over and said, would you mind please getting out of here? And I said, no, I, I is... You know, I want to see if there's a manager around. And he gave me that look like, oh, man, come on, please. You know, the lead comes over with that look on his face like, oh, God, yeah. what are you going to complain about? I says, look, I've got to just tell you something. I said, this guy is an exceptional cast member. And I just went on to say about how impressed I was because, look, I've seen the great movie ride 300 times without question. He made that experience so much better for us. And I know. And I said, look, can you please just make sure that he knows and that you know that this is the kind of job this guy is doing. First and foremost, Becky, going to speak to a manager or going to guest relations is definitely something you can do. You should do if you can. Right. However, I'm going to contradict you slightly because just from the, um, the feedback that I've been given from many cast members, and there might be others that, that agree with you in that way. Um, it seems that the lead on the spot is, is a good way to do it, but the documentation of it, um, there's other ways that actually gets into their file for sure. Oh no, I, I agree with you. Oh, this is not okay. how this is. This is for the warm and fuzzy. This is oh, for gotcha, that, that gotcha, instant gotcha. feedback because uh, because look, gotcha. I think that the leads should know, and I think that the cast members should know that hey, right away, know, the guys who just got off, they, they really appreciate what you're doing. I get you, now. but you're right. There is the most effective way in order to make something happen. Right, it's not an email. It's not. You need to send a letter. You need to send a physical letter to guest communications. I'll put the address in the show notes uh, to Lake Buena Vista because that will, and I can tell you from experience, yes. that will get to the cast member and that will, more importantly, get in their file. And when it comes time for review or promotion or looking to get a new role, that's going to be really, really important to that cast member. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, my apologies that I missed that point on there. You were so right to have that instant gratification of you did a good job. Thank you so much for making my day. That is important. Um, one of the buzzwords to say, if you go to guest relations, ask for a guest fanatic card. That is the little card that they'll give you at guest relations that you can fill in and hand them, hand it to them. And then, like you said, you can send an, an email, excuse me, a letter to guest communications, or they do now have a pretty set in place process of handing, handling the emails as well. It's pretty recent. So it's almost as good as a letter. Letters, number one, emails, number two. But what I've done in the past I've done all of them. I have gone up. I've I've asked for the for the lead. I've complimented the person. I have then gone to um, guest relations and filled out the fanatic card, and then I've sent an email um, on it as well, just to make sure that if anything fell through the through the cracks, something was going to get to their file. Because when those cast members go out of their way to make magic for you, the least you can do is spend a little time to say thank you. And, and that's why I love this question. And, and Terry is right on. Right. And, and you're right. If you're going to take the time to write or send or whatever it is, a note, that's going to be the most effective. But I'm going to tell you, don't hesitate to hang out at the end of an attraction and just say, you know what? Thanks, man. That was awesome. You just yeah. did an awesome job because that is going to so instantly reward that cast member, whether you tell his manager or not, to know that his or her efforts are being appreciated. And look, the cast member doesn't have to be a ride operator. It could be the guy who is the custodian who's mm-hmm. making the, the you know the stuff the the character designs out of water or talking to a guest or helping a guest, whoever it might be, there's nothing more than that personal, constant and instant feedback. Absolutely. And if this in this world if we said when things made us happy, 
half the time is, th- is when things made us upset. This would be such a, a great world to live in. Becky, I just want to tell you that you're doing a, um, a, a pretty adequate job today. <laughs> well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Let me get my supervisor. Oh, yeah, I am the boss. Okay. <laughs> can All you write right. that for me? Can you write that? Oh, there we go. Luke, can you write that for me so I can put it on the website? I need a kudos. Have your people call my people. Anyway, Francis Padula <laughs> writes in and I says, need- Lou, here's my t- situation. My family, including my mother-in-law, are headed down to Disney soon. We're staying at the Pop Century Resort. And now for the strange part. My mo- This is what Francis says. My mother-in-law was walking into a resort in a Las Vegas casino last week, and a metal sign for the resort got blown over and cut my mother-in-law's leg down to the tendon. Okay, so to yeah. all the other Disney fans and lawyers, let's stop sending in the business cards. I'm on this. I got it. <laughs> they have her. They stitched and stapled. St- they stapled her leg back together. <laughs> the staples. I'm not funny. laughing. I'm not laughing at the. They stapled her leg back together. Sounds like a, putting together a paper doll. Anyway, the staples come out next week or after we return. Her doctor hasn't really decided as yet. She's also very active, very stubborn, which leads to my dilemma. The reservation was set up by her and my wife, and I want to get an accessible room, and she's resisting. I also want to check on scooters, and we're hitting the same wall. Is there some way we can request an accessible room on the sly? Is there a good scooter company that I can contact while we're there if her leg starts to hurt after the first day, which I predict? Any advice you can give would be greatly appreciated. Becky, this is right up your alley because Mouse Fan Travel is all about being sneaky on your Walt Disney World vacation. Wait, wait, wait. wait. That's, that's, that was you in the... In the There's your tagline. You know, There's your tagline. That, that was you in, in getting the post office box <laughs> a, a few weeks ago. Um, all right. So what can we do about this, getting helping right. them get an, an accessible right. room on the sly? Let, let's start with... The, well, you're going to start with a hard one. This is hard. This is really hard because you you can request an accessible room, but... If that's not what she wants, it may end up to be a real big issue. Of course, once you get there, um, uh, you can any find it. You need one. You can always request to be moved if there's one available. But I, I mean, this really has to be a frank conversation between you and um, and her. I, Good luck with that. I mean, we're, yeah, <laughs> we're we're talking we're talking family politics here, and the last thing you want to do is is while it does seem like a good thing to get the room i i'm just that type of person that i if it was my mother-in-law i would be so deep in it <laughs> if if i kind of went around her and got her something she she didn't want but yeah okay so the, there's two sides of this i'm gonna play the libra for a second all right you want to do it on the sly easy you can call or have your vacation planner put in a request for an accessible room it is just a request unless you have some sort of um of you know sometimes the doctor's nose required to get one guaranteed or you know information so that's going to kind of get you out of the being able to do it on the sly you can request it not guaranteed i would just highly encourage you to have that conversation yeah or, 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 have, or have mouse i would call mouse fan travel and let them have it for you because <laughs> i ain't telling sorry, my ma'am. mom that she's getting an accessible room in a school uh-huh. see how would you handle that lou i mean it's a, it's a tough predicament because, of course, um, Francis is trying to, to do best and, and make sure that, that um, the, family, the mother-in-law is going to be nice and comfortable and, and have things for easy mobility and so forth. So, I mean, commending you for, uh, for trying to take care of her, but it just has a double-edged sword to it, don't you think? Well, Francis, look, it is your mother-in-law, so maybe have your, you know, have your wife talk to her instead. Now, see, there's, and there's the other thing, is it does say that that um, she and her, both of them, your wife and her, had, had made these plans, so maybe that is a, maybe that is a conversation between mother and daughter. What do you think? You know what, maybe have, if it's in your wife's name, maybe have your wife call up, put in a request, and when you get there and check in, she doesn't necessarily have to know. This is, okay, this is just the, I mean... The rooms don't have a, a giant, you know, handicap symbol on the front door. There's no real distinction between the rooms other than the fact that they'll probably, depending on your resort, they'll be on the first floor and you'll have a roll-in shower and the bed will be a little okay. bit lower. Devil's advocate, if you're like me, see, I'm going to tell you way too much about myself here. I hate showers. I'm a bath girl. So if am <laughs> it's one of those things you jump in the shower and you just get out and it's no fun. La, 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 Matthew I likes to sit there no, and you no, relax. No. My, my eyes so, are burning. Ow. Ow. Dude, really? <laughs> oh, you're paying for that later. All right. So if she has her heart on, you know, 
being in the bath and being comfortable for her vacation and you get a roll in shower, you might actually cause more problems on the other side. I mean, we could debate this one for, for days because it could go either way. There's going to be people who feel strongly one way or the other who are right now like yelling at the top of their lungs in their car, beating their fists on the, on the dashboard, um, <laughs> trying to go one, one direction or the other. But I, I No, you're right. Think. Listen, I mean, honesty, look, you'd rather deal with it now yeah. than have a problem when you get there at the when start of there. your vacation. Don't let her start off being upset or feeling embarrassed or whatever it is. Talk about it now. Get yeah. it out of the way. Um, now, let's go to the easier one really fast. The ECV. There are a lot of companies out there that will deliver, and many same day. So don't feel bad about that. If her legs start to hurt, or of course on property, Disney rents them as well, um, you can get an ECV or a wheelchair pretty quickly if you need it to. Exactly. So, and Francis, in all seriousness, I'd like I, let us know how it works out, and hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully the vacation turns out well for all of you. Uh, and, and whoever's beating your hand on the dashboard right now yelling at me, stop. <laughs> <laughs> What's that email address again? It's Becky yeah, at really? MDI dash. Oh, geez. All right. I'll just, just wait to the end of this one. Uh-huh. Phil writes in and says, hey, Lou, well, this one's simple. Maybe. When should I go to Toy Story Mania? Should I go there first thing in the morning and get a fast pass or go on it later in the day? Keep up the great work. All right, Becky. Now I assume that you've been on Toy Story Midway Mania, and we'll have sage advice. We'll see how I have it differs one word. From mine. Yeah, I have one word. Both. <laughs> <laughs> if you arrive and the wait is still tolerable, if you get there like at rope drop, you run in, um, and the the fast pass tick, ticks up so fast because people are just getting fast pass and leaving. Um, get your fast pass and go ride the ride. Come back later. Ride again. Yeah. Or get your fast pass and come back later. Otherwise, you know, just do it as soon as you um, as soon as you uh, arrive. Yeah, if it's that, if it's very important to you, you need to be there 20 minutes before rope drop so you get to the front because, believe it or not, the line for the fast pass gets to be as long as the line for the attraction. Yeah. So you want to get there early, grab your fast pass, get in and ride. If you feel the need to ride it more than once, if it's just a, hey, I need to do it once, one and done, get there early, go ride it. I would suggest, like you said, grab your fast pass and ride. The other thing to do too, Becky, is if you're going to be at the studios all day, if you're going to go later on in the evening, go at the very, very, very end of the night. So if it closes at 10 o'clock, get there at four minutes to 10. And sometimes you might be surprised, especially if Fantasmic is going on. The, right. the line, the wait there is tolerable. Um, it, it Most of the time it's just inside. It's not even out the door. Uh, and if you get there just before the park closes, they'll let you in on one of those last couple of runs and the line is not bad at all. Yeah, one of the strategies we did because we wanted to ride it early in the morning and then later on in the afternoon is that we went in after rope drop, went right into the queue without stopping at the fast pass, went right into the queue, had a 10-minute wait because we everyone stopped at the fast pass really fast, rode it, got off, and then got our fast pass for later on that, that afternoon. Right. Right. If so, time is not going to be an issue if you're going to, because the yeah. fast pass goes very, very quiet, fast. Yes, it does. That thing ratchets up extremely quickly. So... That's going to do it for the questions, except for the Becky oh, no. Mankin bonus question. Right? Oh, no. See, you completely silent. I was going to say I was going to be so thrilled with myself that he's the voice of Abraham Lincoln. Can I go now? <laughs> no. <it's Google. laughs> so just for Googling it. I'm a, so Dang. here's an easy question for you. Um, has, did you ever have a chance to see Captain EO? Yes. While it was I in the park? I did. In, in yes. Walt Disney World or Disneyland? At Disneyland. Okay, so you haven't seen it at Walt. It's completely different no. Disney World, you know. What? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to me. I had never seen it. And, and when I was down there for World of Color, I, I took the time and I went and saw Captain EO and I was in the very front row all by myself. And now had you not had you seen it before when it, during its original run? So was this I, a, a new experience for you or a nostalgic revisit for you? It was brand new. I had never ridden it before. Or ridden. I'd never attended it before. I never saw it before. So I And your thoughts? It was nostalgic. That's the way I'm going to put it. It was very nostalgic. It was very cool and sad in a way. I'm, I'm a Michael Jackson fan, so it was sad to see you know the the, the King of Pop up there now that it is, he's passed. But um, it was kind of neat to um, to experience it and to kind of go back in time a little bit. And you know, while the effects aren't exactly 2010, which you know who would expect them to be, it did have some enhancements from what I understand. I did kind of listen to the show the other day, believe it or not. <laughs> and I, I did enjoy it. I, I did enjoy kind of visiting the, the past, the, <laughs> the world of the 80s. I knew it well. 
So this summer in Walt Disney World is all about bringing back things from the past. Captain EO, the electric light parade, you know, mm-hmm. little things here and there. So we talked about old attractions before. If you, Becky Mankin, were que- listen, you are always queen for the day. But if you were a queen of Walt Disney World for a day, what old attraction would you bring back? If you could snap your and bring it back in its exact same form. You mean like for you to ride? I would probably say it, please, Body Wars. Right, nothing, <laughs> nothing with a height requirement, please. <laughs> I could put you on Body Wars for 25 straight rides. How about that? As, that nostalgic, well, as nostalgic, what would you bring back? It could be Body Wars. Listen, I like oh, Body Wars. Elizabeth Shoe, come on. Oh, body Wars was Katie's hard. hard. That, was, that was like one of the most... That is second only to um, Mission Space on the Sick Factor for me. That, that, one, that one did me in. Free dinner so guess, if you tell me what her name was in the attraction without Googling it. Um, no, you can't bing it either. Too late. <laughs> Dr. Cynthia Lair. Go ahead. Who? Forget it. <laughs> what attraction would you bring back? This is how you're going to... This is this will be your legacy. What can you bring back? Oh, there's no legacy here. You can't do that. Toad, he, he, Skyway, 20,000 Leagues, World of Motion. You know what? No. Honestly... The sea cabs. And it rained... And, and, and you're talking world, not land, right? That world. always gets me in trouble world. because for me, my, my nostalgia was at land because world, I was the first time I was there in 1996. So there's not a lot that has come and gone in that time that really stood out to me. Um, but I will tell you at land, and you're going to say cheater because I'm going to land instead of world, but maybe you could put it on the other direction. Um would be the sky buckets only because that's the the biggest memory I have of me and my father um, was at you know riding that ride and going through the middle of the Matterhorn and looking down and seeing the not so scary ride and making him ride it over and over again, which was really fun when you're seven. Um, on at World, maybe bring back the the not the original but the last um, uh, narration on the TTA. How about that? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And I open it up to the listeners as well. You want to post yeah. on this week's show notes, comment on what you'd like to see brought back in its exact same original form, much like Captain Neo for the most part, exactly the same, a few new enhanced effects in the theater. What would you okay. like to bring back? Are you a Toad so, guy, a 20,000 Leagues guy? Let's throw it back to you. What What would you want to bring back? Can I give the lawyer answer and give you one in each park? Uh, yes, certainly, because... Oh. Listen, I have an affinity for for Mr. Toad. I do. I have a big affinity Love. for If You Had Wings. Oh, my dad loved If You Had Wings. I never um, saw Horizons. Give me Horizons. Um, over the studios. Hmm. Give me the walking tour. Give me the walking tour over the studios. And give me the Discovery River taxis over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. With that, Becky Mankin, let's wrap it up. As always, for all your vacation planning needs, Walt Disney World, Retro Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, <laughs> anywhere in the world you want to go. Becky and her team over at mousefantravel.com can help you out. Becky, thanks as always, seriously, for, uh, for sharing your knowledge, your insight, your intellect, and your Googling abilities. Well, thank you for bringing me into your world, Lou. Once again, I really appreciate it. Keep those fanatic world. parts it's a, it's going. A scary, it's a scary My world, dark, isn't it? twisty world. And oh, by the way, for those you know they're doing their summer cleaning, just please send any unused underoos to Lou Mangiello. Thank God you said under under unused. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd be nice, you know. But, but then you had to throw that last question at me. What am I going to do with you? It was a softball. All right. So slight. How about gently used underoos? And with that. <laughs> Where are we going to dinner next? Don't you owe me a drink, I think. <laughs> After this many drinks. <laughs> <laughs>
on the air. You can call the voicemail line toll-free, 888-703-2171. If you want a chance to play Listener Fact or Fiction, email factorfiction at wdwradio.com with your name and your phone number. You never know when I might call you, ask you 10 true or false trivia questions about Walt Disney World for a chance to win some prizes. Other ways to stay connected, come by the site over at wdwradio.com. Sign up for our free email newsletter with articles, information, special discounts, and more. You can also connect with me at Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and more. All those links, again, on WDW Radio, but I am twitter.com slash lumangelo, facebook.com slash WDW Radio. Again, I cannot accept any more friend requests only because of Facebook's imposed limit. But again, I do post all my updates over on the WDW Radio page as well. While you're on the site, please come by, join the WDW Radio forums, be part of the family, talk with other fans in a fun, family-friendly environment where everybody is welcome. Be sure and also check out the latest blog posts, photo galleries, look for new videos being posted on the site as well. Please come by, also subscribe to the YouTube channel to find out when the latest videos are being posted. Speaking of videos, don't forget to tune in every Wednesday night about 7.30 Eastern Time for the all-new WDW Newscast. I mentioned on last week's show that in an effort to not only bring you the news and still keep the show, you know, the podcast evergreen, I started the WDW Newscast, which is a live, interactive video news show covering Walt Disney World. Here, you can be part of the broadcast and the discussion as I talk about the news. I'll be watching the chat window, reading your comments, and, of course, asking and answering your questions as well. Gives us a chance to discuss the news real time uh, and if you don't get a chance to join us for the show live i am going to post the videos over on the wdw radio channel over on youtube that is of course youtube.com slash wdw radio again the best way to find out when those and other new videos are posted is to subscribe or add me as a friend and of course i welcome your comments even after the news has been posted there over at the wdw radio channel And speaking of shows and videos that are being archived, if you are a new listener to WDW Radio, don't forget that all of the previous episodes are available both in iTunes and on WDWRadio.com. The content is really, for the most part, evergreen, including interviews, reviews, our Wayback Machines, DSI, Disney Scene Investigations, Trivia, History, lots, lots more. Again, you can find those in iTunes or on WDWRadio.com. Just look for the podcast link in the navigation bar. On the site, you can also visit the WDW Radio shop where you can get signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books. You can also get all five of my currently available audio guides to Walt Disney World. Those are virtual audio walking tours with the ambient three-dimensional sounds of Walt Disney World behind you where I take you on guided tours through Main Street, Adventureland, Fantasyland. Then two new guides are Liberty Square and Mickey's Toontown Fair. You can get those as instantly downloadable files or on CD. If you buy a five-pack on CD, I'm currently running a special offer where you can save on all five guides if you purchase them together. And of course, if you want a little bit of Disney magic delivered right to your doorstep every other month, please come by, subscribe to, order back issues of Celebrations Magazine. You can visit celebrationspress.com. Find out more about the magazine put out by Tim Foster and myself and with contributors and articles from names that you know, like Steve Barrett from Hidden Mickeys, Becky, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, so, so much more. Something there for everybody. There's games, articles, interviews. Again, celebrationspress.com, best way to find out more. Told you some more about some upcoming meets of the month in Walt Disney World. Every month, I do have a gathering of WDW Radio listeners and readers in Walt Disney World. This month's for November is going to be this Saturday, November 13th, starting at 1 o'clock. It's going to be over at the Sleepy Hollow Refreshments, the covered seating area facing the castle over in Liberty Square. I thought we would maybe celebrate the release of the Liberty Square audio guide. Tim Foster from Guide to the Magic and Celebrations Magazine is going to be there as well. Please come by and say hi. Even if you join us for a few minutes, there'll be food, there'll be funnel cakes, there'll be a lot of fun. Uh, no RSVP is necessary, but we'd love to know that you're coming. You can visit DisneyMeets.com 
for more information and a link to the Facebook event page. If you could RSVP there, if you are a member on Facebook, that would be great. As far as December's meet, I told you I have something special planned. That's why I don't have an exact time and location as yet, but I can tell you it is going to be most likely late afternoon on Sunday, December 5th. And stay tuned to the show as well as Twitter and Facebook as I will be posting updates with the exact time and location. Again, I do have something a little special planned uh, for that. So if you can come by and join us for that meet of the month, by all means. And again, I'll give you more details as time goes on. For January, again, don't have the location as yet. Most likely we'll be back in the Magic Kingdom where we've been doing it for the past couple of years. But I can tell you it will be Marathon Weekend, which is going to be January 7th, 2011. That'll be January's meet of the month. And of course, in February, we've got the cruise on the Disney Dream. February 27th, we'll have a meet before the cruise. And for those who are joining us, we're going to have uh, a dinner and an Illuminations dessert party the night before. I'll probably have the meet of the month that Saturday, the 26th as well. Again, stay tuned to the show, Twitter and Facebook for more information. And hey, if you're not coming on the cruise, there's still room. And I still say the more the merrier. There's inside and outside staterooms available. We have pre and post day Walt Disney World rates. For more information, you can visit www.radiocruise.com. You can get a no obligation quote there if you like. And if you are coming on the cruise, we have logo gear available over at cafepress.com slash WDW Radio Cruise. Again, that link is also at www.radiocruise.com. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including, of course, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider for all your vacation planning needs. All-Star Vacation Homes and has more than 150 homes within five miles of Walt Disney World. You can visit them over at allstarvacationhomes.com. And don't forget about all the special offers and things going on over at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Hotel. You can visit them by clicking on the link right on the homepage of wdwradio.com. I know I am forgetting something, but that's okay because I always post updates daily on Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, I can always catch up next week. So, again... If you have any questions, any comments, any thoughts, please come by, post in this week's show notes over at www.radio.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share the link on Facebook. And if you like the show, please come by, review the show in iTunes and the free WDW Radio iPhone app, which you can get in iTunes as well. Thank you, as always, for taking the time. I know it's valuable, and our weeks are getting busier and busier, so I do appreciate you taking the time out of your day and out of your week to tune in and listen to the show. So until next time, remember to be inspired and get motivated and pursue your passion. And when you do, always, always keep moving forward. So until next time, I hope you have a great, great week, everybody. See ya. Hi, ladies, this is Bjorn Paulson, calling in to tell you I love your show, and, uh, well, all I can really say is that I, it, it's amazing. I don't know how you do it, don't know how you get, how you sleep, well, you said you don't sleep, uh, I just am thrilled every week when it comes out, and, uh, I love your podcast, and, uh, got the new celebrations, Got it in my hand, looking through it, and uh, can't believe that you put that together and have a podcast. So uh, keep up the great work. Bye. Hey, Lou, it's JV. How are you? Hey, listen, just want to let you know I went to podcastawards.com and nominated your show for both Best Travel and Best Produced Show. Good luck. Hopefully uh, you'll win them both this year. Again, I went to the uh, podcastawards.com and and uh, put in my nomination. So looking forward to the voting and looking forward to you, uh, your show winning both categories. Hope all is well. Talk to you soon. Hey, Lou. It's John O. from South Carolina. We just got off the Disney Magic. We sailed for a week, went to St. Martin, St. Thomas, Castaway Key. We got to hang out with an Imagineer, Mark Cole. Uh, he actually is doing Fantasyland uh grades and updates right now. That's what he's in charge of. But he also helped design Castaway Key, and we actually got to go with him on Pelican Plunge for his first time. Uh, 
actually going on the water slide since he designed it. But uh, it was a great time. We're headed to Coronado Springs Resort to stay for a couple days at Disney World. Maybe we'll see you there. See ya. Hey, Lou. It's Katie from Park City, New Jersey. Um, I just finished listening to the uh, top ten um, educational things to do at Walt Disney World. Uh, and I thought I might call in just to uh, talk about what was probably you know, my, uh, my most favorite educational experience, uh, period. Um, it was in uh, 2001, and it was on a high school band trip, and we participated in uh, Disney's Magic Music Days. Um, now it's not really open to the public, so it really wouldn't qualify for any uh, top ten list. But if, um, yeah, if you go with a high school group, um, what we got to do is that we got to meet uh, backstage with a one of the uh, musician cast members. Um, in our case, we got to meet up with the uh, bass saxophone player from the Fantasyland Woodwind Society, uh, the sax quartet that used. Uh, that you sometimes see it around Fantasyland. Um, he occasionally, uh, apparently he also occasionally doubles on uh, clarinet at some of the beer garden shows, like if uh, if the primary member usually gets sick, you know, like if he gets sick or something. So, um, so yeah, we uh, got to meet in this, uh, like, recording studio, the, you know, my high school band and this uh, guy that was doing the workshop with us, and you know, we got to sight-read through a few tunes, and he talked a bit about what it was like being a musician in the Disney parks, um, you know, and how like you would be expected to memorize a lot of music, like, really quickly, you know, all of the uh, the Disney tunes and, and all that. Um, but the highlight of the whole experience was, at the end, uh, we were given a piece of music, which was actually the um, the score of the ending to the Tarzan film, well, the uh, Tarzan animated movie. So we read through the music a few times, and then we actually got to record us uh, playing the score. And then they taste, and then we got to see the last few minutes of Tarzan. You know, seeing Tarzan and Jane surfing through the trees and all that stuff. Um, but instead of hearing Phil Collins's music, of uh, you know, the Two Worlds song. We got to, we were hearing the recording of us instead, so we got to actually had the opportunity to play and record a score for short snippet of a Disney film, and that was just um, just amazing. Um, you know, just like once in a lifetime opportunity that I'll never be able to do again. Um, like I did Tarzan, my sister did music from The Lion King. Um, I think my you know, my other siblings did uh, the music from Aladdin. Um, yeah, and it's just, it, it was just the coolest thing. So, um, so that was my uh, most memorable, magical, educational experience. Um, great show. I, um, I look forward to it every week. Uh, I absolutely love it, especially all of the, um, the ones talking about the history and the, uh, the various features on the rides, like, you know, the Disney scene investigation, and, and every time you have Jim Corcus on, it's just gold. I, you know, I save those episodes forever. Um, so, no, that's it. Um, yeah, great show. I love it. And, um, and hopefully, I'm, if you choose to have your November meet of the month, the weekend of the 19th, I might just see you there. Thank you. See ya.